0: Yeah, so today's um, show is titled Big or Small Business? Does Branding Have the Same Results for Each? And uh, this show is sponsored by Cherry Frame, who is a licensed uh, California financial advisor who helps uh, Californians with their life insurance and retirement planning needs. Uh, One good thing about uh, Cherry, uh, one good thing out of many, is Cherry... Is or Cherry is a person our company trained on how to improve her sales performance about four years ago. Uh, Cherry uh, started with the company uh, here in Sacramento, and for two years she was barely um, having any success. And then 321 uh, connected with her, and she went on to win a cruise to Mexico about 18 months later so i just wanted to give you some background on cherry and her telephone number is 916 899 1743 so today's show is about branding and i'll read you this this quote and i'll tell you where the quote comes from it says branding has a problem or branding has a branding problem there is no consensus there is no consensus about how to define brand Existing definitions are surveyed, they are argued to be inadequate, and new definitions are proposed. Brands are definitions. The definition of brand is best understood as being synonymous with the term definition. The author's author's conception provides an analysis of a two-stage process for establishing a brand.  … Uh, … shows why differentiation is essential to branding and explains why branding provides the key to messaging strategy. Now, this, uh, this, this paragraph was put together by the Journal of Brand Strategy. It's a group of um, highly educated people uh, with people that have uh, hundreds of years combined experience in industry… And I'll just read you uh, some of the names and where they work. Uh, the first name is Russell Aberle. He is the he is the business unit manager with Amgen. It's a uh, Heather Berg- Heather Bergstein. She's the senior director of e-commerce. Uh, Reme Contreau, French word. There's uh, a Jean-Francois Denot. CEO of Impacts. There's uh, Haley Horensky, distribution innovator uh, Fairfax Financial Crum & Foster, huge company. Let's see, there's uh, Kevin Jasmine, director, corporate brand brand strategy of TD Ameritrade. There's Gary Kane, director, marketing Disney theatrical group. Let's see, who else? There's uh, Sue Mazira Managing Director, Young, and Rubicam Business Consultants. So there's like a ton of people that, get, that are highly paid to uh, who, who wrote this paper, like I said, the Journal of Brand Strategy. And I'll post this link along with the show. So all these people, they came up with this paragraph, and what they came up with is branding… … is so difficult to to master. And uh, these people represent companies that are probably uh, – re- they represent uh, companies that make trillions of dollars per year collectively. So in my opinion and from my studies uh, in marketing and my experience working as a sales executive in corporate America, there is a significant difference… On a grand scale, when it comes to small business branding versus big business branding, see, and the the, the the definition that comes from the internet, I'll just I'll just give you that definition. It's pretty it's pretty uh, sort of like generic. So the definition at businessdictionary.com, their definition of branding is the process involved in creating a unique name and image for a product in the consumer's mind mainly through advertising campaigns with with a consistent theme branding aims to establish a significant and differentiated presence in the market that attracts and retains loyal customers see i can speak on branding from a corporate perspective after spending 12 years working at a 500 a Fortune 500 company in Los Angeles in the healthcare industry. So in the healthcare industry, there were only a few players. There were about five to seven competitors who were all after the same multi-billion dollar uh, you know, premiums for employee uh, health insurance. And that's the employee health insurance uh, paid mostly by the employer and partly paid by the employee. So this small number of health insurance players here in California made branding a very important function. So where does branding fit into the complete sales and marketing plan at the corporate level? And, and trust me, at the corporate level, um, sales and marketing and you know' that's, where I, that's a component uh, where that's like the big picture. And branding is a component of that big picture. Uh, it's it's a, a highly, you know, uh, thing that was spent, that, that a lot of time was spent on uh, trying to make sure you got the right message. And again, like these authors I just mentioned, uh, branding is a difficult thing. Because one thing you have to consider about branding is that people. Have up to, I mean, there's up to 16 different uh, personality profiles. So, say, PhDs in psychology. So, to put or try to come up with one message that is perfect for all of them, all of those 16 different personalities, is tough. So, you may put out a message that says, you know, this, this, and this. And you might have you know, 17% of the people that think it's the best thing since sliced bread, they love the message. And you may have you may have 40% of the people that say oh, it doesn't it doesn't it's good, but it doesn't matter. And then you may have the balance of people, about 30 to 40% of the people say I hate it. <laughs> and then you can turn it around and, and have another message. You you can change one thing about that message, and the first group of people that liked it. Now they can't stand it, and the people who were sort of mediocre on their message, some of them love it. So branding is a, is a complex uh, you know, science. I like to call it a science because people are different. So in most branding schemes, and we're talking about corporate America, companies want their current… … and potential customers to feel or respond favorably when a radio, TV, or, or print ad is released. And often it's a typical uh, – it's like a slogan or it, it's a logo. And everyone can, re- can recall some type of slogan that they heard on, on radio or they, you know, they, they saw and heard on the radio or they saw a print ad and it just stuck with them you know some of these th- these slogans and these logos have been in you know some people's uh, hearts and minds for you know 30 40 50 years depending on their age so when people see the logo or hear the slogan companies want current and potential new customers to feel a certain way so, and, and the reason why that's, that's, um, that's important because when e- e- existing customers refer their friends, their families, and, and their colleagues to a brand or to a company, they do so with the expectation that their friends, their families, their colleagues will experience that same warm and fuzzy as, as, the, as the, you know, the current or existing customer uh, does… And that's the whole idea of of you know developing this brand so that not only can you get the existing customers to say, Yes, I love it, but you know how you know how what happens, the best referral you can get is from someone who just experienced your product or service. And companies know that. So they get this extra money, this, this additional business if their branding is uh, viewed as being favorable by you know, current-slash-existing customers. So effective branding also helps sales reps. So when I was in corporate America managing a sales team for the health insurance market, uh, I wanted to make sure, uh, and I wasn't in charge of branding, but branding either hurt me or it helped me. And most of the time, it helped me because the company had been around for a while. Uh, the branding wasn't too sophisticated. It wasn't like too much over the top. It just what it was. It was, it was people. It was images. It was the logo. You know. So like I said, effective branding also helps sales reps uh, out in the field. It helps them prospect. It helps them set appointments. And it helps them close. Ineffective and non-existing, existent branding decreases the likelihood sales reps will su- succeed. Now, that's not a big problem that, that you're going to have in corporate America, because they're spending millions of dollars, uh, you know, sometimes per year, to make sure that they get the branding right. And what they do is they they'll put something out. They'll uh, uh, they will They will hire a company to go out and survey you know existing customers about how they felt about the the marketing. They'll have these uh, these studies um, where they they bring in random people and they'll say, "You know thirty, forty people, how do you feel about this?" And they call them focus groups. Sorry, I forgot the definition. Yeah, they call them focus groups, and they talk about how they feel about a certain image, how they feel about a logo. How they feel about a slogan. So it's, it's highly rare when a company puts out something as a brand and it flops. And occasionally we see on the news where companies will they'll, – they'll have a brand and then they'll have like some type of sub-message. And it could be a message that has a certain race in it, a certain theme in it. And and all it takes is like a few people, a few highly connected people in the media, to say they don't like it. Then all of a sudden, many in the population doesn't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of like that. So, uh, 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 you won't experience big companies that have, a, 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 you know, big scale branding failures. You know, because if that were, if that were the case, the sales reps would have problems. Uh, selling that product. And like I mentioned, uh, on a few occasions big companies um, have problems with, with sub branding and you'll hear about it on the news where the company uh, a lot of times the retailer or the online retailer pulled that product from from the inventory and and for sale. So effective branding makes uh, makes it more likely for sales reps uh, to post uh, sales efforts that result in receiving referrals to other prospects. So again, uh, that for individual sales reps, they're out there you know marking the product or the service, and they and they finally close. And so those sales reps are often very excited when that uh, prospect who is now a new client, says, You know, I want to tell my friends, family, and colleagues about this product or service. So let's now shift to branding at the small business level. Now, branding is much less effective if if executed in the same way as the big corporations. And why is that? Because there are hundreds, if not thousands of companies… Selling the same products and services. So now, at the corporate level, obviously there must be billions of dollars up for grabs. And at the small business level, there is also billions of dollars up to gra- up for grabs. But at the small business level, you have possibly hundreds of competitors in the same city. You know, branding the same. As, as their competition. So small businesses cannot spend that type of money, uh, mostly as the corporation. So the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of times you'll see small businesses you know, try to uh, brand the same way as big corporations. And, and, and in effect, they are. And so I can't say that they're not, they are. They're, they're, they're pushing their logos. They're they're pushing their their messaging. They're pushing their slogans. But when you have hundreds of other uh, companies selling the same product or service, it is highly likely that your branding will be diluted because you have a logo and a slogan. Your competitors have logos and slogans, so that means your your message, your logo… Uh, your slogan is, is diluted. Now, if you are a small CPA firm, CPA practice, law firm, dental practice, cosmetic surgery center, you can elevate your business above your competition if you're able and willing to spend, let's say, $50,000 on TV, radio, uh, print ads, billboards, you know, the billboards you see on the freeway. By spending a lot of money, you can immediately promote your brand. You know, if you are a new company, so if you, let's say you've been in business a month and you want to spend fifty thousand dollars on some type of major, you know, branding campaign, marketing campaign, um, so you can do it. And um, you know, when you when you do spend that money, it's, it's likely that you're going to get some results. So the question is. Is spending $50,000 worth it? For many white-collar business professionals, like I mentioned, the CPA practice, the law firm, the the dental practice, the cosmetic surgery center, the the big insurance broker, the big real estate broker, the answer could be yes or it could be no if spending $50,000 is going to be an effective marketing branding strategy. See, it depends on the demand of your product or service. It depends on the price of your service. It also depends if your um, local community can afford your pricing. So, how long will it take if you decide to spend, you know, fifty thousand dollars in advertising, branding, if your product or service generates five hundred dollars? Uh, five, you know, $5,000 or $15,000 per transaction. Well, if it's uh, $500, you need to sell about 100 of them. If it's uh, $5,000 per transaction, you need to sell 10. And if it's uh, $15,000 per transaction, you need, you need to sell about four to make your money back. But of course, you want a profit, so you need to sell more than t- than than 100 at $500. You need to sell more than 10. At five thousand dollars, and of course you need to sell more than three or four if you want to make a profit. So what happens if one or more of your competitors um, buys a similar ad to the one that you just invested in? So if now there are four competitors spending fifty thousand dollars each on an advertising marketing uh, campaign, then your branding. Just got diluted you know all other things being equal by seventy five percent so that means instead of you just spending fifty thousand dollars three other competitors are now spending fifty thousand dollars marketing the same product developing their brand so that fifty thousand dollars you just spent it's now like diluted because you have your competitors doing the same things, all trying to get access to the same consumers. So the only companies to win in that scenario I just described where you had four companies spending $50,000 were the advertising companies. They just collectively – I'm talking about the advertising companies – made $200,000. So what are the alternatives… Or what is the alternative to spending $50,000 to launch and promote your brand? I'm sorry. I'm dealing with a, a little cold here, so that's why I have these, uh, these, uh, these gaps. How about you doing it? So what's the difference between an attorney finding the same four people who have uh, $15,000 in you know, settlement each? So I'll repeat that. What's the difference in an attorney finding four people who each are due a $15,000 settlement, um, where the attorney, you know, you know, found these clients without spending $50,000? The difference is around $50,000. So that means the attorney, you know, didn't have to spend $50,000 on a marketing campaign, a branding strategy, and maybe slightly less. Uh, maybe the attorney had to spend some money. If the if the attorney had to spend money at uh, at at some kind of networking you know session, or maybe the attorney you know paid to be a speaker someplace. So maybe the attorney you know spent two thousand dollars. So what is the branding impact on on a newly satisfied client? Like I mentioned before, priceless. The power of a satisfied client can have on a white collar. Uh, business professionals, business pays dividends. In that example, where the attorney helped a client, uh, you know, win a fifteen thousand dollar settlement, um, and that client says, you "No, know, Miss Attorney, here's another client that is experiencing the same thing that I just did. So maybe that attorney now can can add another client to the business." And make another $15,000 without even spending a penny. See, I know many business owners um, who are building their brand using a multi prong uh, approach or strategy. They are meeting with groups of people, advertising on digital platforms. They are podcasting, and they are blogging. The one thing we recommend white-collar business professionals… Um, add to their branding strategy is contacting more people by phone and prospecting more people in public. White-collar business owners like real estate brokers, insurance brokers, uh, CPAs can begin to grow their brands um, by training their agents or or staff how to prospect over the phone and engage contacts in uh, face-to-face settings. Then, At appointments, you know, use a sales system where prospects convert uh, to clients, and these clients are very excited to refer their friends, families, and colleagues. So I hope this uh, kind of short um, show helped uh, small business owners understand branding a little bit and understand some of the ins and outs and how… If you're marketing a product or service, that uh, you know there are other people doing the same thing. So often you have to you have to look at your time and your money and say, is what I'm doing effective? Is what I'm doing as a white collar business professional? Is it also being done by my competitors? And if it's true, then it's possible. You know that your branding strategy may be diluted so you, so you have to ask yourself what can I do to rise above my competition see and that's where it gets interesting and that's why I always say if you want to you know launch your business and you want to uh, generate uh, some buzz for your brand the best way to do it is to go out and talk to people because You can get immediate feedback and make money by you representing your brand by picking up the phone and calling people or prospecting people in public, um, you know, face to face. So I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast. Make it a great day.